Well, this morning I want you to go to a very familiar verse of Scripture, and it's found in the Gospel of John, and in John chapter 4, verse number 11. And we find this Scripture as a result of Jesus going to draw well from, actually from Jacob's well, a very historical place, if you would, that in fact, that even comes into play in this story, but that's not exactly where I'm going with the uh, message this morning. Jesus makes his way to the well. He makes his way to uh, the well during the hour when a typical Jew would not be there. Okay? And as Jesus gets to the well, we you've probably heard this story, but just in case, there is a woman there. Now, this woman is non-Jewish. So that puts her in the category of, of uh, uh, you know, of a Samaritan, if you would. She's non-Jewish, so she is in the uh, in the uh, logistics of things. She is not a person that a Jew would fellowship with. Jesus goes to this well, and as he gets there, he encounters this woman. Now, I personally believe this was not haphazard. It wasn't happenstance. It wasn't coincidence. Because I believe that God is very intentional. And Jesus is God. And I believe that that, that Jesus intentionally knew because... The, the God that was in him, he was God-man. He went there knowing that this woman would be there when he walked up. I believe he knows that you will be here today. I believe that with all my heart. I believe if you're watching by streaming or listening by uh, internet radio, I believe he knew you would be listening today. I, I believe Jesus is that intentional, and I believe that he is that omniscient, omnipresent and omnipotent. He is God. He is God. So we find that Jesus approaches this woman. She's probably feeling very uncomfortable because a Jew has found her at the well. Not only has he found her there, but he is making conversation with her. And as Jesus is talking to her about the well, he is using it in a metaphoric sense, if you would, when you read this story out. But we come to the 11th verse, and the woman, this non-Jew woman, she was not part of the church, if you would. She was saying, she said, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Jesus, of course, has been speaking to her about a different water that she can get other than the well. That would be living water where she would never thirst again. Now, in this, in this whole situation, I want you to, to, to gather with me. This woman, it's, it's nothing, uh, no, no bad reflection on her. But at this point, this woman really hasn't got it yet. She, she really hasn't got it. She really has no understanding of what is going on here and what Jesus is talking about. You know, sometimes I find myself in that 
circumstance with Jesus where I really don't know what's going on. And sometimes I, quite frankly, don't really understand what he's talking about. And, and, and it's important for, for us as people, it's important for us to, to draw closer to the Lord that we may gain understanding, that we may gain knowledge, and we may understand more of what he's talking about. You see, what we, what we believe sometimes and what our reactions are sometimes are two very different things. And I've titled this message, if you would, what? No bucket and no rope? You see, because sometimes we, we, what we say we believe and what our reaction is or what they are, reactions, what they are, are two different things. There's an old adage that says that our actions speak louder than words and that, that possesses a great deal of truth. Now in the life group that I was in this morning, uh, we were talking about words. We were talking about the power of our words and how our words affect people and how we are affected by the words of others. But and, and even adding to that thought, Alicia, when, when we begin to think about our words, we can say one thing, but many times we act out something else. And in our minds, we, we're, we're, we're still trying to rationalize everything out. This woman's trying to rationalize some things out. She's trying to figure out what this Jew that's come at an odd time of day and caught her at the well, what he, she, he's even talking about drawing living water and this cat don't even have a bucket or a rope. Sometimes you and I, we trust God. Sometimes you and I hear from the Lord. Sometimes you and I uh, have an understanding and comprehension of the Word and we know what the Word says. But you and I still struggle sometimes. We'll say, we'll ask ourselves questions like, well, where am I going to get the money to do me the rest of the month if I give to missions? Or where am I going to get the, where am I going to have, how am I going to have the money to, for the rest of the month if, if I do this or if I do that? Or, or maybe it's just your everyday circumstance, your monthly circumstances. Sometimes we're, we look at our, at the situation that is before us and we'll say, I really just don't see any way this is going to work out. We, 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 uh, we were, we spent some time with some of our friends last night and we were, we were talking about things in this country, uh, in the United States of America that we're facing right now. And, and uh, as we were discussing, we even entered into the discussion. I just don't really see how things are going to work out. You know, yet we believe that that God is God and we have great faith in God, but we say, I really just don't know how things are going to work out. And we excuse ourselves saying, but we're just going to trust the Lord. So, so we'll ask ourselves questions. How's God going to fix my circumstance? How's He going to work this situation out? You know, and, and the reason we struggle with that is because we tend to look at things with our natural eye and our own intellect and our own ability. And sometimes what we do in that is we, uh, in essence, we bring God down to our intellect and our ability and we are thinking how's God going to do this within my logic and my reason and when we do that we become more bent in the circumstance that we are in 
Because what happens to us is that we are more dependent on our seeing than our allowing. We're, we're more dependent on our hearing than our allowing. We're more dependent on what we can, what we can register up here, what we can know, what we can, uh, wrap our logic around and think about. We're, we're more dependent on that than we are our allowing. You're what, allowing what, preacher? I'm talking about that, you know, as we said the other week, uh, that rather than allowing to let go and let God, uh, other than allowing, just say, God, I'm going to stand back. I'm going to give this to you. I'm releasing it to you. I'm going to allow you to take it. I'm going to allow you to work. I'm going to allow you to minister. I'm going to allow you to, to, to fix this situation. You know, I, I love the, I love the, the, the African American American church uh, in this in the country all over the world actually uh, uh, people of color have a um, I, I don't know they they have a, a a realm of worship that they oftentimes get into that that that, that uh, uh, Caucasian folks never enter into and I love it I love it with all of my heart and and I used to have some friends that uh, or acquaintances that I knew and they had a uh, all male black quartet and they would go around and sing. And I can remember them coming to the church that I was associate pastor in and they would sing during revivals and things like that. But they would always sing a song and that song said, fix it, Jesus. It's plain and simple. Fix it, Jesus. Fix it, Jesus. And when, if, if we can come to that place where we'll realize there is nothing that can't be fixed by Jesus. There is nothing that He can't handle. There is nothing that He can't do. Now, I was picking on a song a little bit that I, I heard on uh, Praise FM this morning. It, it was, it was a worship song, but, 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 and, 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 and reality of it, you know, it, it is what it is. The song, there's nothing better than you. You know, when we really think about it, when we say there's nothing better than you, we're leaving. We, we could, I understand the thought behind the song. But when we say there's nothing better than you, we, in essence, we could actually be saying, but there's something as good as you. Or say there's nothing better than you. But 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 when we really think about it, there's nothing as good as God. There's nothing as great as God. There's nothing as spectacular as God. There's nothing as magnificent as God. There, you know, we could I could my vocabulary is not broad by any means, but we could use every adjective in the that we could muster up to think about and say, but there is nothing, no nothing. There is nothing like God. And we just need to allow him. To be God. We used to sing that song. He's, he's God out on, he's God out in the, uh, hallway. He's God back in the pews. He's God up on the, uh, amen corner. You know, he's God everywhere. I know God is God and he always will be God. And, but sometimes we don't really act like it. But he's in control. He has everything, and he loves us with a love that that has that is immeasurable, that 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 we can't describe, that we really can't fathom. So, if but if we profess our trust, we're not, and we're not real careful, we'll find ourselves being drawn away like this woman was at the well. You see, because she said to Jesus, she said, "Okay, I'm hearing what you're saying, but I'm looking at you." And you have no bucket and no rope. 
I thought I had some rope here at the church, but I didn't apparently. Or else I couldn't find it. So I'm going to use a bungee cord instead of a rope. She said, you don't have any bucket or you don't, don't have a rope. She, she's the, in, in her mind, she's saying, Jesus, you, you are not going to get anything out of that well unless you can drop a bucket down in there and a rope and you can, and you can get, put it down in there and draw it around back and forth and then pull it back up. You're never going to get anything. So what you're saying isn't even make, going to make sense. It doesn't make sense. Understand this with me this morning. Jesus doesn't have to make sense in your situation. He doesn't have to make sense in America right now. He doesn't have to make sense in the world right now. I want you to know that Jesus uses unconventional methods to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. So what happens is we sometimes in our minds we can hold misgivings about Jesus and what I mean by that is this woman, she had a bucket when she went to the well. She carried hers with her. And she had a rope on that bucket, no doubt, when she went to the well. Because her intention was she was going to draw water. And she knew she had to have that in order to get water. It had been taught her by probably her mother or maybe her dad or maybe a sibling. Or maybe she just watched other people and she came to that conclusion that if I'm going to get water, I've got to have a bucket and I've got to have a piece of rope. And it seems to reason that she probably took a rope of sufficient length because as apparently she knew how deep that well was, she told Jesus. So she was very well equipped to do what she went to do. But she's looking at Jesus and she's saying, man, this guy is crazy. He don't even have what he needs to have to do what he says that he's going to do. So what happens there, the statement that she made to Jesus was very logical. You don't have a bucket and a rope. She knew that she could get water by her own accord. She knew that. But Jesus knew her situation. Can I say that one more time? Jesus knew her situation. A bucket of water out of Jacob's well was not going to take care Of this woman's situation. You know, and you and I have ability and means. You, you may, you may have, you may have a financial situation and you have money in the bank. You may have something going on. Maybe your car just blew a blew an engine. And if you did, it's probably a Ford. You know, I understand that. That happens. You know, so things happen. But you've got money in the bank. It's a blessing. Praise God. You don't need you don't need to pray, oh God, how am I gonna have transportation? How am I gonna get my car fixed? He's blessed you. You got money in the bank. You you got your bucket and you got your rope. But but maybe, maybe your car, your Ford, just blew up. If it's a Chevrolet, you're double blessed, you know. But your Ford just blew up. I'm with you, Faye. Your Ford blew up and you don't have the money in the bank to do anything. You don't have virtually zero. You're so poor that you can't even pay attention, let alone pay a Repair bill. 
You don't have a bucket and a rope anymore. You're, you're on your own, so to speak. And you don't know how it's going to get fixed. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to take place. But let me tell you something. Jesus showed this woman that there are things far more important than, than, than what she was trying to achieve out of this well. And you and I, lots of times in our life, nearly every day in our life, there are circumstances that we are facing, that we are working on, that we are in the middle of, and we are looking at how we are going to meet the need within our resources, within our ability, within our finances, whatever it may be. And we're wondering how are we going to fix this? How are this going to work out? We don't even have a bucket and a rope. Let me tell you something. Go to Jesus because he doesn't have a bucket and a rope. He's not so, he wasn't so interested in that woman getting her bucket filled that day as he was her situation because she had a far more difficult situation than she thought she had. She thought she had a need of water, but she had a greater need in her life. Sometimes you and I think that our situations I'm not saying they're not important, but sometimes we think that the situation of our life is the most important. But God may be looking at us and say, there is something in your life that is of far greater importance than what you're tending to. You have your bucket and your rope. You can supply that, but I can supply the things that you can't do, that you can't accomplish, that you can't reach. And I can do it, and I don't even have to have a bucket and a rope. So, we tend to think on, i got to have the bucket and the rope, and the well is deep. i got to know how far I need to go. But let me tell you something. Before the first shovel was ever lifted to dig that well, Jesus knew he was going to have this encounter with this woman. Before Jacob ever dug that well. And then the enemies of Jacob came and if you've studied the scripture, you'll find that they closed that well up. They had, the enemy had sealed it off and Jacob's wells were redugged and they, it's a, it's a message of, of revival and revitalization. But before any of that happened, Jesus knew he was going to meet that woman that day. And before whatever happened in your life, before anything else took place in your life, Jesus already knew it. And I know it sounds weird, but he already knew it. He knew, he, he, he knows what's going to happen in your tomorrow if you have, if any of us have a tomorrow. He knows what's going to happen in our tomorrow before tomorrow gets here. He, he knows everything. There, there is nothing that has ever taken Jesus by surprise. And He knows us better than we know ourselves. So what we have to do is we have to change our way of thinking. You see, oftentimes we're, we're just to content to just, to just hang in there and hope for the best. I do. I, the way's been rough. The way's been long. It's been tough. I think I'll just hang in there and hope for the best. But let me tell you something. Jesus has a great way for us. He has a good way for us. Much too often we have trained ourselves to be a culture. Listen to this. We have trained ourselves. It's learned behavior that we have become spiritual refugees. Now, you know what a refugee, right now there's a big deliberation in this country over uh, illegal immigrants, especially in Texas. You know what many of those people are? They're considered refugees. They're looking, they're looking for a better place. They're looking for a place of safety. 
And and even though, listen, to us, now you know, now I know I know the government approved eighty six or something like eighty six million dollars or whatever it was for to give them hotel rooms. But they're you know they're sleeping on floors of building, they're drowning in the Rio Grande River, just trying to get across it. And, 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 but 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 the ones that have made it to 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 the United States, let me tell you. I, I, I would imagine if you ask them, they really have no problem sleeping on the floor because they're in America now. They really have no problem sleeping in the confines of these tents and plastic shelters that have been set up because they're in America now. Yeah, and so they're refugees and, and they're content. They're, of course, they they want and they expect a a, a better day. And I, I'm not trying to get in the political side of this, but but what happens if his they they are satisfied just being in America? Sometimes you and I can be find find ourselves satisfied just being spiritual refugees. Well, I'm saved and I'm on my way. As long as I'm as long as I'll get to heaven, I'm okay. And, and there, there's probably some some good theology in that in some ways. But whatever happened to to the fact that I am a child of God? I am a child of God. Whatever happened to 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 I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Whatever, whatever happened to us, uh, uh, walking in victory, onward Christian soldiers, marching as to war, with the cross of Jesus. Whatever happened, whatever happened to us, you know, pursuing and, and walking in victory, I, you know, and, and, and finding ourselves being victorious in our faith. Whatever happened to weeping may endure for the night, but joy. It's coming in the morning. You see, there, there are times that, that we will have to do that, but that is not necessarily how Jesus is called us as the church to maintain. Because He is called, He has given us victory. He has given us power. He's given us authority. In fact, as we approach our next major event as Christians is the celebration of Pentecost or the day of Pentecost or the outpouring or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, 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 the, and in that, Jesus said this. He said, you can, you don't need to tarry in Jerusalem. He said, and wait on the promise. When the promise comes, He said, said, you shall be endued. You shall, that means equipped. That means overwhelmed. That means overcome. You shall be endued with power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And when we find ourselves at walking with our heads hung down, and we find ourselves living our lives in utter defeat, feeling broken and pressed down and broken every single day, I think somewhere along the way, we need to open uh, the book of Acts just one more time and we need to read that scripture and we need to realize that we have been endued with power. Power from on high. That power that says, I'll make you the head and you won't be the tail. That power that will reign over our lives and we shall we shall walk through hot coals and we shall pick up the serpent. Not that we're going to do that here. But understand that we will have victory in this life. Because He has given us the promise of the Holy Ghost. So we find ourselves saying, Oh, 
I don't have a bucket and I don't have a rope. How, how am I going to work this out? Well, listen to me. You, you, you might not have a bucket. You might not have a rope. Your rope may be too short to go all the way to the bottom of the well. Your bucket may have a hole in it. But let me tell you something. Jesus has what you need in the situation that you are in. And He knows your situation better than you know it yourself. He knows things about you. He said, bless God. He even knew the number of hairs on your head. Charlie and I are making that very easy this morning but the reality of it is God knew this woman's circumstance he knows your circumstance he can supply and he will supply the need and he doesn't need a bucket and a rope so the comforter the Holy Ghost that's derived from a Greek word that actually means helper or enabler that means I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. It, it means, it means that, that, that I can, I can walk through difficult times. It means that, 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 that Paul could go through prison. It means, it means that you can go through what you're going through. And we've been dispatched. The Holy Ghost has, has been dispatched into our lives for, that we may be witnesses unto Christ. And I want you to remember this. Jesus doesn't draw his resources from human logic. Human logic. Oh, human logic. Here's you, here's some human logic. You, you've got this fortified city. The walls are probably may, uh, up to maybe uh, 12 to 15 foot thick. The walls are built leaning out so nobody can climb the walls. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out for seven days and I want you to march around those walls. I want you to, uh, I want you to, and we, we had this, that scripture was good this morning, by the way, Elaine. Uh, I, I want you to read. I want you to uh, keep this in mind. You go out seven days, you walk around this wall seven times, and I want you to keep your mouth shut. Seven days. And then on the seventh day, you don't blow the horns, you don't break the pottery, and you're going to shout, and I'm going to give you the city. Okay? Yeah, I can see that happening. Yes, sir. That's the way everybody takes the city nowadays. Yeah. Or, or maybe it's the, uh, or, or maybe it's the, the guy that has leprosy, a fella by the name of Naaman, and, and somebody, and somebody looks at him and says, hey Naaman, here's what you need to do. Uh, you know, this guy, Elisha, he says, uh, what you need to do is, you, you, you all eat up with leprosy, you know, you got infection all over your body. Here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go down to the Jordan River, and if you never been, listen, let me tell you something, the Jordan River probably does not look like your imagination thinks it looks. The Jordan River is nasty and it's cold. I've been there. was baptized in it. It's nasty and it's cold. Now, I don't know how what that might have been like in, in Naaman's day. But Elisha says to Naaman, I want you to go down and I want you to dip yourself seven times in the nasty, cold Jordan River. And you'll be healed. 
You know, I read about that in the latest medical journal. That you could do that. You know, I googled it and it says if you have problems with leprosy, find you a nasty, dirty, almost a creek, but it's called a river, and you go down there and you you and you and you dunk yourself under seven times, and, and it's great therapeutic treatment, and you're going to come up and you're going to be healed. I, I googled it, and that's what it says. What you do when you have leprosy? No. You see, you see, logic is not always a part of what God does in our lives. Logic is not always part of His agenda. In fact, I, I would dare say it's typically not a much of His agenda because if God could be figured out with logic, then He really wouldn't be God. You see, because it's when the impossible things happen in your life. It's when the impossible situations are met in your life. It's when the impossible circumstances uh, are ministered to with impossible methods, that's when God is really God in your life. And that's when you stand back and you say, whoa, this there is no way that this could be had it not been for God. There's no way that this would have happened in my life had it not been for God. There's no way that my circumstance could have changed had it not been for God. So Jesus doesn't draw His resources from human life. I I want to let you in on this. Jesus needs no resource because He is the resource. Therefore, He is dependent on nothing or nobody. He is the source of everything that lives and exists and every need to be met is met through and by Jesus Christ. So, our buckets... And ropes, these are our, this is our own stuff, you know. This is our own stuff. That woman, when she went to the well, she had her bucket and she had her rope. She had her own stuff. She was taking care of her own business. She was doing her own thing. Who knows how many times she had went to that well and pulled her up a bucket of water. And headed back home with it. She was taking care of her circumstances. But she wasn't able to take care of these circumstances. That's where we find ourselves engaging. And and we find ourselves going into a supernatural realm of where we need Jesus. If that woman had continued to rely on a bucket and a rope for her livelihood, you know what would have happened? The old rope would have eventually become wore out after many years of use, pulling, probably pulling up over the edge, a stony edge of that well. That rope would have got worn out. The bucket probably would have got all rotten because it more than more than likely it was wooded and it could have been stone. But there's a good chance that the bucket would have developed a leak or it would have cracked or something would have happened to it. And, and even though that was her source to, to reach down and give the get the water she had, and she may have been using it for years, and it may have had a few more years left in it, but eventually it would have worn out. 
eventually it would have been too little, too late. But I want you to know this about the resources that God has for us. Those resources never wear out. They never run out. They don't have an expiration date on them. The resources that God have has are unending. And they're everlasting. From everlasting. There's not a, there's not a single thing in our lives that, 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 that God just sees and forgets about. In fact, we, when I, when I read Revelation and, and I study out and, 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 and begin to intertwine it with Daniel and, and, and it excites me so much because I find that there is a day, there is a day coming that we'll know more about this, but right now, not only right now, but every day that you've lived in your life up to this point, every tear that you have shed has been bottled up. God is holding on to it because it's that important to him. He's not dependent upon somebody else. He's not dependent on a rope. He's not dependent upon a bucket. Because he is the source. He's not a resource, but he is the source. So when you see Jesus, are you like this woman? When 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 trouble is arising in your life and, and, and you need you need to slip out and you, you you you're going over to the well, you're not supposed to even be going there, and you're going over and you see Jesus, don't look at him and say, Hey Jesus, where's your bucket and your rope, man? I need some water. Because understand this. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. Again, He's not the resource, but He is the source. He doesn't need a bucket nor a rope. He can supply you. He will supply every need that you have according to Scripture with the riches that He has in glory. What? What? What a deal. Pastor, uh, you say that, but there's things in my life that I've wanted and I've never got. There's things in my life that I've needed and never got. Listen, don't forget, Jesus knew this woman better than he she knew herself, and He knows us better than we know ourselves. And maybe that thing that you that you think you need or that you want so bad, maybe He knows something better for you. Just maybe. No bucket or no rope. I'm sorry, I'm just full of songs. I don't, I can't, I don't know the words of any of them hardly all the way through. But there used, there used to be one that said, take the whole world, but give me Jesus. Take the whole world, but give me Jesus. Take every bucket, take every rope. So when you see Jesus, understand, if you run into Jesus and he says, hey, I can meet your needs, and you say, ah, you don't have a bucket or a rope. You'll know you found the right guy. You'll know you found the right guy because he's taking care of your need. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me for just a moment. If you're in this room and you're unsaved or if you're at home or driving down the road watching this by live stream, there's no greater need in your life than the need of a Savior. I want you to know that. The need of a Redeemer. Every one of us, we are lost. We are lost without Jesus. 
we're lost. We, uh, I, I met a man not too long ago, and this man identified to me as a, he identified himself as a believer, as a Christian. And I, I said something about, uh, you know, the, the sad part about people that will spend their eternity in hell. He said, oh, I don't believe in hell. I said, you don't? He said, no, I don't believe in hell. Let me tell you something. The scripture speaks of, of a place. A place where the, the fire is never quenched. A place where the worm dieth not. That's the consciousness of the soul. It speaks of a place that is a separated place. The rich man and Lazarus uh, gives us the, the story of that. And, and the, the, the rich man... The rich man remained contrary to God and he ended up in hell. And he lifted his eyes up there and he was conscious. Let me tell you, hell is real. I believe that. Hell is hell is as eternal as heaven will be. I believe that. But hell has torment while heaven has joy. Understand this. Hell is separation from God while heaven is in His presence. And without a Savior, hell is our destination all the buckets and the ropes that you could ever muster up will not keep you out of hell so this morning I'm not going to embarrass you that's not my intention I don't want to but I want to ask you to do this if you're in this room this morning or if you're watching or listening live stream I want to ask you the question do you need Jesus do you need to be saved without nobody looking around I just want you to wave your hand at me real quick and say pastor I need to be saved anybody in this room I take it from that that everyone in this room knows Jesus. If you're watching us live stream and you don't know Jesus, call on Him. Surrender your heart. Ask Him to forgive your sins. Acknowledge Him as Lord of your life and that He is the risen Savior. And according to Scripture, if you do that and you do so in faith, you shall be saved. Now I want to ask you another question in this room. Head's still bowed, eyes still closed, but I want to ask you this question. Have you been going, have you been slipping to the well? Have you been going by trying to get, just keep getting a little bit of bucket every day, just hoping you're going to make it one more day, just trying to hang on just one more day? If you have, a man's met you at the well this morning. His name is Jesus, it's not me. And Jesus wants to provide the substance for your life, for your need right now. He doesn't have a rope. He doesn't have a bucket. But He wants to provide for the need in your life in this hour. And this today is the day of salvation. Today is the accepted time. If you're in this room right now and, and, and you've been struggling. I'm not saying that you're, that you're backslidden or that you're unsaved. But you've been struggling. You've been, maybe it's a physical struggle. Maybe it's a financial struggle. Maybe it's a spiritual struggle. But you have been struggling. And, and you, you need somebody. You need some relief. You need, you, you've, your logic hasn't worked to point. Your bucket and your well are worn out. Your bucket and your rope have deteriorated. Right now, you need Jesus just to intervene in your circumstance. If that's you, will you just raise your hand without embarrassing? Is that you? Number of hands that went up in this place this morning. Here's what I want us to do. Because, because I realize the, 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 the COVID virus is still real and it still exists. 
But we are people of faith as well. I don't want us to be foolish. But at the same time, I want us to come together. Those of you that raise your hand, I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate your forwardness this this morning. But I want as many as will because there's probably people that didn't raise hand that need to. I just want us to come up here and gather for a time of prayer. Space yourself out a little bit. If you feel the need to slip on your mask, by all means, please do so. But I want you to join me up.